Welcome to the Lavender Woman's Podcast. Thank you for joining a group of people determined to become more refined, grace-filled, and graceful, purpose-filled, and purposeful. Each episode, we recite an affirmation and we plant seeds of lavender. Not sure what that means? It's simple. We take that seed of lavender, usually one word, and we water and nurture it until it takes root and begins to grow and manifest in our lives. Light a candle, rub on some essential oils, and grab a notebook. We're about to get started. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Lavender Woman's Podcast. We are back in this thing, y'all. Listen, I am trying to be more consistent in 2021, but y'all bear with me, okay, as I, as I try to improve all areas of my life. But this week's episode is a part two of last week's episode. So first, I need you to pause. If you have not listened to last week's episode with Dr. L. Harris as we discussed traumatized girls and their inner child work, listen, you need to stop. Just pause, stop, come back to this episode once you have listened to that episode in its entirety. Because for this episode, we have your favorite co-host, soon to be Dr. Janae Garrett. She is here to break down the inner child work that Dr. L and I talked about last week. So pause, take a minute, go back, listen to the episode with Dr. L, and then come back to this one with soon to be Dr. I can't wait until I can just say Dr. Janae me Garrett. Me How close are we? <laughs> Um, hopefully like just a, like three, four months. Okay. It's I'm it's close that. enough That's where I just feel like we can just start calling you that. <laughs> but I understand you want to go through the legalities and all of that, the logistics. But you can be Dr. Janae Garrett here <laughs> today be because good. the work that we are going to share for the inner child today, listen, it's worthy of calling you doctor. Okay. <laughs> We're going to get all into that inner child work. And we want to give um, the listeners the disclaimer that this episode Although I know it's going to be amazing, it's going to be jam-packed with gems and jewels, and it's going to get your entire life and gather you up and just have you out here wanting to heal and do all the things. However, it does not substitute for therapy, okay? It does not substitute for professional help. So although we're going to share a lot of tips and tools here, please seek the care that you may need, okay? So we're going to get right into it. Yes. We're discussing inner child and generational trauma. Mm-hmm. Oh, the joy. Yes. Oh, the joys <laughs> of discussing this. If you listen to last week's episode, you know Dr. L and I, we went in, y'all. We we took it from the beginning up until present day. So when, we, when I spoke to Janae about breaking down what do we do once we know this information, how, what do we do moving forward, we're just going to give you the real. This is going to be a very transparent episode where Janae is really going to give you guys the tools. And I'm here as a listener as well. I'm taking notes and I'm learning. So first, what is trauma? Let's break down what trauma is because maybe we don't really know what trauma is. Mm-hmm. So I like to think of trauma as really anything that has had any type of impact on you. Mm. Um, it, it's it's just really the the, ra- the way that you react okay. um, to things. And so there's big T trauma, which technically in the clinical world is classified as things like um, 
like sexual assault, abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it can be like natural disasters, like all of these things. Um, and then little t trauma are kind of things that kind of happen maybe repeatedly or like you get into a car accident or you lose your job. But I'm one to believe and most kind of clinicians really believe that I can't tell you how big or little something was. Exactly. So I don't really like big T, little t, mm-hmm. but technically that that is kind of what we in a clinical world classify it as. But for me, how I like to define trauma is as whatever has had a big lasting impact, impact. on you. And there's been some kind of shift Mm -hmm. in you so Mm -hmm. um Freud who like if anybody's in any type of psychology class or any of that like everybody kind of knows who he is but he kind of describes that trauma responses kind of feel like a lightning bolt Mm. so there's like this breach of the protection that you naturally feel Mm -hmm. and that barrier is like disrupted And so trauma then, like, it feels like that. It's kind of like a constant reaction. You've had this disruption in the protection. Mm -hmm. And now all your responses and things that are happening in life are kind of coming from that experience. Got you. Now, there's a difference between trauma and generational trauma, though. Mm -hmm. What is generational trauma? So generational trauma are those traumas that are passed down to us. Mm -hmm. So, like, let's think about... um, mm, I'll use sexual assault as an example just okay. because it's, a, it's a, one that a lot of people can relate to, unfortunately. But let's say your mama was sexually assaulted growing up, mm-hmm. and that was unresolved. She okay. never dealt with it, or it never got talked about. It just got swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. So then now she's raising you mm-hmm. as a result, like as a, with a traumatized mind, because the mind is drastically different. Like There are studies that show... When you look at a traumatized mind mm-hmm. and a mind that has either healed from trauma or has not experienced trauma, the, the brain literally looks different. Wow. So, like, now she's she's doing all this stuff, raising you. So her parenting, everything is filtered through this traumatized lens. Mm-hmm. So then there's things like there's all this anxiety. There's all this fear. Okay. So then now her trauma has been passed down to you. Mm. And you start to see, even if you haven't been sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. you then start to look at that. And now you have a lot of anxiety. You have a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. You're hypervigilant. Mm-hmm. All the things as if it was you. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of find out that, oh, this is, a, this is a normal thing in my family. Right. Like, oh, my, my, my mama experienced it and her mama couldn't help her because her mama experienced yeah. it. Yeah. And unfortunately, and, that's true for a lot of us, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And, like, nobody got the help. Yeah. And it just goes back. Like, this goes back... Um, as far as far as like slavery, because Absolutely. Um, I was listening to, I don't know what I was watching the other day, but it was something and it was talking about uh, black people's history and like the clinical world. I forgot what it was, but they were like, they made a comment, you know, back when um, rape wasn't illegal. And I was just like, like it, that just like resonated mm-hmm. with me to know that my ancestors lived in a time. And, you know, my people in my life mm-hmm. that are connected to my lineage lived in a time where rape was okay. Yeah, yeah. And that trauma it's passed down. has been passed down. Like Absolutely. another thing is like the family hurt. Mm-hmm. So you, ha- you take um, family members who go through things and you got the older siblings, so the grandmoms and the grandpa, like they're arguing, they got their stuff. And then who does that get passed down to? Yeah. That gets passed down to the children. Mm-hmm. So now what happens? Cousins don't have relationships. They don't know each other mm-hmm. because they're dealing with the trauma from their parents 
and their grandparents, grandparents exactly. and that and all that stuff and that stuff just gets passed down passed down passed down mm-hmm. and we normalize it mm-hmm. like oh this is how the world is this yeah. is how things are supposed to be and the reality is no that's not your stuff to deal with it's that's not, not your that your, is not your, your cross, cross to carry. carry see look look <laughs> our minds Janae all the time all the, the time way. yeah that is not our cross to carry no and we and we make it feel like it is yeah and then what happens we develop with all of these feelings and things about the world mm-hmm. that are not ours. Mm-hmm. And then we wonder why we don't know who we are. Yeah. Because I'm looking at myself in the mirror, mm-hmm. but what I'm also looking at is somebody's trauma from generations before me. Right. Passed down. Mm-hmm. And I wonder why I can't get myself together or yeah. why I don't understand me because there's a whole part of what I'm experiencing that I'm taking that I've taken on and I'm responding to that I don't understand because it won't mind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, In the episode with Dr. L, we talked about how our childhoods greatly affect our current lives, our adulthoods, right? Mm -hmm. So why do you think it's important to recognize, not just to recognize, but to recognize and understand Mm -hmm. unresolved inner child issues? Mm -hmm. And if you can give us maybe some clinical research behind that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... I'm a I'm a tag team okay. this answer because I want to talk a little bit too about um, like what happens okay. like when we were, when I was doing because you and Dr. L y'all talked about so many great things I and mean, I remember telling you like I don't know where to come from I don't want to repeat right and I feel like I want to provide because as a counselor I'm really big on. I can't help you heal if you don't understand what's happening to you. Mm. So I do a lot of educating my clients on this is what's happening in your body. Okay. When this stuff happens. But mm-hmm. to to answer kind of like I guess to start to answer that question, but then I like veer off a little bit. Okay. Is um it's really important for us to understand the connection between generational trauma, regular trauma, and the inner child is because like I said earlier, we have all these things happening to us. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what to do with it. Mm. And it sucks because the, you have adults who don't know what to do with it. But think about how we were as children. As children, yeah. Like, if we are th- in our 20s, 30s, 40s, close to 40. 50s, mm-hmm. and we struggling to yeah. deal with stuff from childhood, mm-hmm. how were we as children? Yeah, a lot of us operated from a place of survival mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as children. And then sitting here expecting us and then being expected to perform at the highest level, to learn all the things. Yeah. But, like, what sense does it really make mm-hmm. that in my 20s, 30s, 40s, I'm expecting people to give me a pass Mm. because I'm having mental health stuff Mm -hmm. or I'm emotional or Mm -hmm. I'm upset right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm expecting the world and everybody to understand that, but we don't give these children passes because we don't see that they need, like, we don't see what we're putting on them. Right. And, I mean, that resonated with me because I got to think about that for myself as a a mom. I was going to say, I'm sitting here thinking about my own children. So, yeah. Like, it, enough. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because that just kind of lit something in me. But I, but one of the things that I love to explain about trauma is there's this thing called flipping the lid. Okay. And so, and it's kind of like, it's more detailed. I'm going to keep it real simple just for the visual um, and not get all the clinical terms. But if we, if like you were to take your hand okay. and you were to, you know, put your, I try to do my best to explain it because I know y'all out there can't like <laughs> see it. Right. Um, 
But if you are listening, I would say kind of you can do this along with me. So if you take your hand and you tuck your thumb in. Okay. And so the thumb represents what is called the amygdala or like the downstairs part of your brain. Okay. And so this part of the brain is that reaction and it's the alerting part of the brain. It's mm-hmm. not really too rational. Mm-hmm. This this is this part of the brain wants all the action. Got you. That's what this does. So let's say if there's a fire, mm. this brain is gonna shut off the other more rational parts of the brain that think. Okay. And it's gonna cut that off because you need to act. Okay. So that that this part of the brain, the thumb is what triggers you to run when there's fire. Because okay. you don't got time to be sitting there trying to figure out you don't okay, what do I do? So do you want to try to save my stuff? No, mm-hmm. get out. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes so sense. So this is the part of the brain that in the dangerous situations. Okay. It just activates. Okay. It cuts off that rational thought. And so this part is a good part to have Except for... I was going to say. When it's not a dangerous situation. Mm, talk about it. So, if you close it and kind of make a fist. And you have your thumb covered with uh-huh, your other the, four fingers. Yeah, the okay. thumb is inside. Okay. Um, the, your four fingers should be covering the thumb. So, the four fingers represents what's called the cortex. Okay. Um, there's so many different parts of the cortex, so we just won't call it the cortex. So, the cortex is what, for the sake of this, I'll consider the, the upstairs brain. This covers and protects and kind of keeps the thumb the inside the amygdala mm. part in check got you checks and balances mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. that makes sense yep it keeps this part in check okay so the cortex so the four fingers are responsible for self-regulation mm-hmm. more rational thinking mm-hmm. being able to relate to other people empathy being able to respond like um like wait on responses instead of feeling like you got to do everything right here right okay. there so, and ironically enough, I think um, last time, one of the times you and I were talking, we were talking about how early some of this stuff develops. Mm-hmm. This, um, the response reflex is response, some is formed mm-hmm. somewhere between 18 to 36 months wow. of your life. So you think about that, like you barely know how to talk. I was going to say. And your, your mind is developing and forming mm-hmm. how you respond to things. So mm-hmm. this... This part, that cortex, helps you create that pause between between reactions so that you can think rationally. Okay, how do I respond? Okay. What am I supposed to do? Okay. So, and then this um, also has where you can have, it kind of activates the calm sense. Mm-hmm. So, you have your thumb, which mm-hmm. is tucked underneath the cortex, which mm-hmm. is the four fingers. Okay. So, what happens with trauma, and with the trauma response, this thumb is constantly firing. It's like vibrating, it's shaking. Sending signals. And, mm-hmm, okay. Sending all the signals. And you have the cortex, the four fingers. And after, after this is happening, like, over and over and over again, they start to move and mm. shake. And they lose their, you know, over time, it keeps happening. It keeps intensifying. They lose their grip and your, li- your lid flips. Wow. Okay. And this happens in, like, seconds. Got you. And so that is literally the process of us going from... I'm calm, I'm cool, mm-hmm. and now I'm flipping tables. Yeah, I've been there before. <laughs> that is exactly what happens. Once upon a time lit. in my previous life. Girl, tell it. I you, flipped a couple of tables, look, broken a few glasses, thrown a couple of items. Mm-hmm. In a previous life, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a... You know, in a, in a prior to healing, healed life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I flipped my lid. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Instantly. So that protection of that irrational part of your brain is gone. That makes so much sense. So you're not rational. You're not rational anymore. Mm -mm. 
it's nothing but danger and action. And it may not even be that serious. Mm-hmm. Like it usually isn't, at least in my experience. Mm-hmm. It it you it never really was mm-hmm. as serious as my reaction to mm-hmm. it was, you know? Like I tend to think about people who like have road rage and they going off. They they lost their whole lid. Like over is it like is it that deep? Mm-hmm. Is it dangerous? Mm-hmm. Is this are you are death? you safe? Did that person actually hit you or injure you or whoever mm-hmm. was in your car? No. So why are we Losing flipping it. our lids? Losing it. So now, like, it's funny. It's not funny because I there are times where um, I flip my lid and I got her. Okay, Janae, you done lost. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. pull it in mm-hmm. real quick. Mm-hmm. But and road rage could take me there. And like, it's so funny because now. Um, it's like instead of reacting, I feel myself having that pause mm-hmm. and like, let's just take breathe a breath. and let breath. it go. Take a but there are literally some people who lose it and like, why? Mm-hmm. I just didn't hit the gas yet. Or I'm just going a little slow in front of you. Yeah. Or got like, really? Mm-hmm. You are losing it that crazy. So that's what happens mm-hmm. when our, um, the traumatic experiences and we have unresolved things that is what happens we flip our lid Mm -hmm. and we cannot think straight and i love to explain that to people because a lot of times we think we don't have control over our emotions or our mind Mm -hmm. it's kind of like i I can't help it this is how i am no the reality is Mm -hmm. you have all the control because if you don't have control who does exactly so i like to explain that to people so people can understand that it's through knowing what's happening to you that you become healed. Because mm-hmm. if you don't understand it, if you don't know it, if you don't take time to, to educate yourself, it's not going to go far. So, like, with with that, though, with that process, we all have, we're talking about healing, we all have what's called this window of tolerance. Okay. And this window of tolerance is the space between dictating, like, how much you can tolerate okay. exposure to trauma and then stabilize back out. So... You really want to strive to have this balance. Mm-hmm. So, like, parts of the brain kind of work like an accelerator and a brake. Okay. You need to have a balance mm-hmm. in between two. Just like if we're driving mm-hmm. to bring it back to the car situation. Right. Because if you're out here accelerating too much, you're going to be real dangerous. Right. You're going to get this ticket. Mm-hmm. You're going to hurt somebody mm-hmm. seriously. So, if you have no control over your brake and there's no checks and balances, then when it comes to that being emotional, that's why a lot of people don't like to explore or poke around in those things Mm -hmm. a lot of people are scared of that accelerated um emotion because they don't feel like they're gonna be able to stop themselves or slow down so a big part of healing is learning how to make your breaks work got you and test them out so like there's this thing that we in counseling that we call when it comes to uh, trauma that you're either stuck on on Mm -hmm. which means you're kind of at this revved up State all the time. There's a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, you th- you startle easy. We hyper vigilant. Like you can even have digestive issues. Like all of these things because you're stuck on on. Mm-hmm. Like which is revved up all the time, or you're stuck on off. Okay, which is where you go into that depression, mm-hmm. real flat, mm-hmm. like chronic fatigue, mm-hmm. like feeling kind of like dead or lifeless. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are things that are not related to other health issues. So I like to say too much of anything is not good. That's right. Yeah. So you want to have that balance. balance. And a lot of times people get so fearful of, well, if I go there, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to control it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. If you, But you have to go there. Yeah. Because the alternative is to not, to not go. 
Mm-hmm. And then what? Now you left with all of this damage mm-hmm. and living this life that wasn't meant for you to live. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of a roundabout way okay. <laughs> of explaining. No, you explained it perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. Why it's important to recognize and understand the inner child issues um, is because then we develop these maladaptive behaviors. Mm. And we don't even know, we don't even recognize it. I was going to say, yeah, you don't even realize it. We just like, oh, this is how life is. So, oh, um, somebody made me mad. Mm -hmm. I'm going to cuss them out. Mm -hmm. But why everybody looking at me like I'm crazy? Mm. This is what's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. You said something I ain't like. Mm -hmm. So, either you're going to get these hands or I'm going to cuss you out. That was my entire 20s, like the entire decade. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. seriously, I was so reactive. Mm -hmm. And so explosive. And it's exhausting. That's mm-hmm. why I've been so tired all my 30s. Because it's like, girl, you was doing the most in your the 20s. Most. And you won't get that time back. You don't get it back. And that's the, I think that's the reason why I'm so passionate about discussing these type of conversations. Because and these type of topics. Because it's so important to me. Especially for our culture mm-hmm. and our community. For people who look like you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, especially our black women, our women of color, and our and our men. We can't leave them out either. Mm-hmm. But it's so important for us to know why we are the way we are. And once we know, mm-hmm. to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, um, when I was doing some research um, on the inner child, well, the only thing was inner child. I don't know, I was just watching a conference or something. And a lady was talking about um, that state of being stuck on. Mm-hmm. So always revved up is normalized in mm-hmm. marginalized populations. Yep. And when I begin to think about that, I was like, it's so true because we're not taught balance. Yep. Listen, balance, I have been having a conversation with one of my friends lately specifically about balance. Mm-hmm. We've just been talking strictly about balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize how important it is mm-hmm. until you don't have any, mm-hmm. you know? And so many people don't have it and have no idea that even it exists. That it exists because they've never been exposed mm-hmm. to it. They've like, never tasted created. it before. Yeah. And it's like, and that's hard because it's no cookie cutter answer. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, oh, do this and you'll mm-hmm. have balance. Mm-hmm. And I know for me as a counselor, like a lot of people, I get a lot of first time African-American people coming into counseling. And they literally expect that I'm just going to hand them this recipe. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, boo. No. We got to sit. Yes. And we got to sit think. in it, yes. And you have to feel. Mm-hmm. And then you have to do yep. after you go through all mm-hmm. of that. Because I can't help you if you don't understand why you do what you do. Yes. And the only way to create balance is you have to understand what you're trying to balance. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and like now it's mind-boggling to me kind of being a little bit removed from my inner child stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, when I try to think back to, like, oh. Why people? Why do people not want this, right? Girl. And I have to remember, Janae. You there was a time where, or we didn't want it. You either. didn't want it, and you mm-hmm. didn't even know mm-hmm. that it exists exactly. Like, or you didn't know how to get it. Mm-hmm. Like nobody, I cannot sit here honestly and think of a time in childhood where anybody talked to me about balance mm-hmm. or your feelings. Or at least feelings. from my childhood, mm-hmm. your feelings were invalid. They did mm-hmm. not matter because you were a child. Mm-hmm. And you don't know you don't know nothing. You haven't been here long enough mm-hmm. to have feelings or to know nope. something. And it's like that's so not true. Mm-hmm. Because the children are 
the younger you are, the worse off the the impact. Mm. Like I had a client who I worked with, and she was like eleven or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and sweet as pie, like if you were ever to see her, she don't like she cause no type of havoc. Sweet as pie. Anytime mm-hmm. I met with her, mm-hmm. real small, dainty, petite, mm-hmm. real cute, and um. But then I would hear mm-hmm. about how she acted mm-hmm. from at home. She cursing everybody out. Mm-hmm. She can't fight, but threaten to do all of this stuff. Parents like we don't know what to do with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I then I heard from the parents that oh, mom was mom is also like that. I'm yeah. like huh. So you brought her to me, all confused, not knowing where the behavior comes from. And this is also how you were acting. Yeah. So the apple don't fall far from the tree. It, it never does. Like, it's funny how everybody believes that saying, except for when it's negative traits. I was going to say, or when it applies to them mm-hmm. in a negative way. Like, it's cute when they, oh. When it applies to something she else. She look just like you. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, she act just like you in all the good ways. But throw a little attitude but in But sis, if she's picking up your bad traits, it's the same thing. You need to look at you. Look like, at stop you. Bringing no, bring your kids to therapy and professionals, but stop bringing your children mm-hmm. and and other people mm-hmm. to professionals trying to like fix my child when you ain't even fixed you. Come on, and that's the thing we can't have healed children if we're broken adults. No. Come on, like no. we we just can't. We have to be willing to do the work so that our children can see mm-hmm. that first of all, it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that possibility is available to them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like we expect our children to be respectful, but when we ain't respectful, when all they see us doing is being disrespectful. Come on. But then I'm gonna beat the mess out of you because you being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. But all I'm showing you is disrespect. It's disrespect. Yeah. But I'm just expecting you as this child mm-hmm. to understand where my adult self mm-hmm. don't even have enough self-control. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I get um, one of the things that y'all talked about in the episode was um, that age where everything was like 25. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you ain't, your brain ain't fully developed. So all that stuff happened. But how am <laughs> I as this, I use myself as, as an example, as a 33-year-old adult mm-hmm. expecting my children to have a level of self-regulation if I have not mastered it myself because who's teaching it to them? Exactly. They're not born with it. We obviously weren't born with it. Exactly. We're still trying to figure it out and master it ourselves. So we expect Mm -hmm. them to come into the world with everything figured out. Mm -hmm. And then what happens? We pass that down. We pass it down. And that's that generational trauma Mm -hmm. that we spoke of earlier. Mm -hmm. Because our children become anxious. Yes. They are easily feel shame yeah. because we are we are shaming them for all for being who they are mm-hmm. for doing things that we ourselves have not mastered mm-hmm. and our children are a direct reflection of us because what do they where do they learn about the world you first learn that in your home that's true so like one of the days um we were doing work on trauma i was in a training and when i learned they asked the question like between let's see if there was, there was a domestic violence situation happening in the house and there's a teenager a seven-year-old and an infant who is the most impacted you would probably think the teenager mm-hmm. but let's hear the the real deal let's but hear it's really the infant the infant and mm-hmm. why is that because the infant has no they don't know anything they have no words they're not going to be able to they don't have the capacity to have the conversation about what occurred got you or to rationalize how they feel mm-hmm 
the only thing they're doing is just sitting looking and taking in and taking information. It in. Yeah. And what they're learning is this is how the world is. Mm-hmm. Because you can't even process what you're hearing, seeing, mm-hmm. feeling, taking in nope. at that age. Mm-mm. And then so like the older the older kid you can sit down with them and have a conversation. A conversation yeah. You can understand how they feel and figure out how to help them. Mm-hmm. An infant, you just think back to that old way of thinking, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. it used to be the younger you are, the better because you could be resilient and mm-hmm. all of these things. And no, what happened is you just taught this infant mm-hmm. that when they don't get their way, mm-hmm. I'm going to put my hands on you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to call you all kinds of names. Mm-hmm. And so with this particular client, I began to dig around because we, we weren't coming up with any answers that made sense mm-hmm. as to why she was acting the way that she was. So I started to ask, like, tell me what the first, like, three months of life was like. Tell me mm-hmm. what the first year was like. Wow. And there was a lot of disruption. Yeah. There was a lot of unstable mm-hmm. action. Like, there was, there was no stability. Mm-hmm. So constantly moving around. Yeah. Experienced the parents doing a lot of arguing, a mm-hmm. lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And... I begin to, so I explained, I said, that's it. The more disruption and lack of stability that a child has in the earlier stages of their development mm-hmm. creates and is laying the foundation for the temperament they're going to have. Wow. So when you begin, when I begin to put that into context, already, my nine-month-old already has inner child issues. Wow. And nine-month-old. And has no idea. And I have no idea that they have this because what's happening, they're just crying and, and pooping. And, but then when they start talking and then there's tantrum behaviors and then we label this, oh, it's the terrible twos. Mm. Or, you know, oh, like we label it as because some of this, some of the stuff is acceptable. Right. Like some of the stuff is age appropriate. Right. Right. Of course. But then we fall back on things, not realizing that what did you show this child in their first year of life? Mm. What did they hear? Mm hmm. What do they see? What do they feel? Because they don't, like, they can't, they don't have the words, but their bodies will forever have the feeling. Mm-hmm. I remember in a previous episode that you and I recorded, we've done so many now that <laughs> I can't connect it to which episode mm-hmm. it was, but I remember you telling me, oh, I think it may have been the suicide prevention episode, or it could have been. I'm not going to put it to an episode because I don't remember. I remember you saying our bodies remember everything. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking that that nine-month-old or that two-year-old is okay because they're so young Mm -hmm. and they don't understand what's happening, but our bodies remember everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every single thing, the same way that it does. And I think a lot of people tend to think that what happens in adulthood is different than what happens in childhood. Mm -hmm. So Break that down for us. If if I am abused, Mm -hmm. well, let's say. If I get physically assaulted as an adult, okay, my body's going to remember what that felt like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anytime that anything happens where I get a sensation or a feeling that that triggers the memory mm-hmm. of that assault, my body's going to react. I'm going to have all, I'm going to be flooded with all that original stuff. Mm-hmm. The same thing happens to children. Yeah. And I, like, the more I think about it, I'm like, why do we, and I'm including myself in the we, as adults, feel like we can go through things and experience things and we get a pass. But our children... They don't. Don't. Yeah. So the same thing happens to our children. Mm-hmm. So that's why you'll have a child where 
if they're spanked or abused. I was going to say, I was thinking of that. When you go to, to chastise them, they're already flinching. Up. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing, listen, people raise their children however they choose. Mm-hmm. This is not a... Um, this is not a knock on anyone's parenting per se, but that is the reason why I chose to discipline my children differently mm-hmm. is because it was almost like a state of constant fear. Mm-hmm. Because if you did something wrong, you knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't want that for my kids. Because then you, that builds anxious adults. It does. Fearful adults. We Listen, guys, we keep talking about our childhoods and how they affect adulthood. It is real. And I know sometimes we don't want to really, um, we don't want to, what's the word I'm trying to say? Like go to that place? We don't want to go to that place. Mm -hmm. But I promise you, a lot of the things that we're experiencing in adulthood has a direct, direct correlation to our childhoods. Mm -hmm. And it is scary. Yeah. Like, it's scary. It's scary for me to be on the other end to help people go there because we don't know what we're going to find. Yeah. But what's the alternative? Right. Right. Like, if you already unhappy mm-hmm. as, as an adult, mm-hmm. or maybe you're happy in some areas, but there's some stuff that's lingering. Mm-hmm. Imagine how amazing mm-hmm. you would feel mm-hmm. and how life would be mm-hmm. when... If you had that under control. So something as simple as a stressful day at work Mm -hmm. can turn into me flipping my lid at home. Yep. Sure can. Because of something unresolved that I don't have. I have not developed Mm self-regulation around. You don't have it in check. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We talked about the cortex. Mm -hmm. You know, checking the. It don't don't have that that connection. And like, let's see, like, that's why you have. And this is this is not being like, oh, that ain't the thing to do because. I can't imagine as a parent somebody picking on my child and me being like, okay, because I might be outside too with you. But that's how you have, um, like let's say, you you know, and it's always in the movies and it's stereotyped more so with black women and black families. Of course. But you have the, 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 the kid getting picked on and Mm -hmm. come to their parent and the parents, uh, where where they at? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and why are we having this response? And the child, like, I don't want to fight. Parent, no, you gonna fight. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the parent is reacting to something that that situation set off in them. I was gonna say they were triggered. Exactly. So now you got your child out here doing your dirty work to heal yourself. Come on, you should have been. There doing she your goes, dirty y'all. Work. There she goes. She's she's dropping gems. <laughs> she's drop. I have to get some sound effects. I gotta figure that out because every time you drop <laughs> a gem, uh, it just needs to be like an explosion <laughs> going off or something. Because she's starting thing. it up, y'all. She's dropping gems. But yeah, so we have our kids doing our dirty work because mm-hmm. we don't want to heal. Mm-hmm. We or not even that we don't. Want to, but we're not taking the steps to do so. Yep, and the same thing with when we pass down this cultural distress yeah. or of what success seems to look like. You know, there's Come certain cultures on. where, and this is not a knock on a culture, but like there's certain cultures where you have to be this. You have yes. to be a doctor. Yes, you have to be a yes. lawyer. I, you have to be an educator. If you know, um, do you follow Lovey Ajaye Jones? Mm-mm. The professional troublemaker is what she calls herself. She's from um, Africa. I think she's from Ghana. Don't quote me on that, y'all. I'm so sorry, love, because I've been following you for years. I should know that. <laughs> but um, I think she came to the States when she was maybe uh, seven or eight years mm-hmm. old. And she's always very crystal clear and transparent about in African families, especially the ones who um, moved to the United States. The goal is for you to be doctor, lawyer, mm-hmm. um, architect, 
engineer, anything outside of those careers in their minds, you have failed. Mm -hmm. And you could be like, she is a two-time New York Times best-selling author. Mm -hmm. Um, She has a very successful business. But in that culture, it is established that if you are not doctor, lawyer, architect, Mm -hmm. engineer, you have failed. Mm -hmm. It does not matter how much success comes. Right. You have failed because that's the cultural, mm-hmm. you know, um, limit that they have set on their children. And just think about how unfair that is. You failed the whole family. The entire family. Yeah, it's not just like mom and dad. No, it's extended family. Yeah. It's grandparents. It's the aunts entire. and uncles that's back home in Africa. And this is not just because we have listeners um, in Africa. But this is just something that I've heard Lovey talk about all the time how she went to school to be a doctor and she failed one of her science courses and she said how can I be a doctor I can't even pass I think it was biology she Mm -hmm. said I can't pass college biology Mm -hmm. but my parents want me to be a doctor Mm -hmm. and all the stress that she felt trying to fulfill their level of success not recognizing who she is right because we're not allowing her she's and and anybody in that situation Mm -hmm. to walk in their standard Mm -hmm. I will never forget my um so I have I have a stepdad and I have my biological dad, mm-hmm. but I call, I refer to them both as, as dad. Okay. Um, but for the sake of the explanation I'll I'll use stepdad. But so I will never forget, um, my original plan for going to school was to be a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was going to be a doctor by any means necessary. But I, at the point at that time I was going to be able to be a psychologist. I got into psychology. I was like, nah, this ain't it. Mm-hmm. I don't like, like, I love the brain and to understand all of that stuff, but I want to work with people. I want to do mm-hmm. the change. I don't want to, and it was going to take me longer to mm-hmm. get to that going the psychology route and with all the math and the science. Like, mm-hmm. It was just too much. Mm-hmm. So um, I will never forget when it came time for me to pick my minor after I finished all my psychology courses. Mm-hmm. And it was time for me to pick my minor in, minor in undergrad. Um, I was sitting there, I was like, none of these, I don't like any of these. Mm-hmm. So my advice at the time was like, well, we have human services. I'm like, oh, what's mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. And I found out through that that I could be a counselor much quicker. Mm-hmm. And they were, um, and they were kind of like, okay, and I don't have to do math. Mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with science. I don't mm-hmm. have to do none of that. And so, and I decided instead of minoring in it to double major. Gotcha. So they was going to add on an extra semester. Mm-hmm. And I was blessed enough for my parents to. Um, pay for my undergrad degree out of pocket. So wow. No student loans. Girl. They is a huge blessing. A huge I, blessing. <laughs> I love them for that. I love them more. for that for you. <laughs> more, more. But with that, um, I had to have a conversation mm-hmm. with them because here's an extra semester. Mm-hmm. So instead of graduating in May mm-hmm. with all of my friends, mm-hmm. everybody else, I was going to add on an extra semester. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget, my dad told me, I ain't paying for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to figure that out. And and I was kind of like, me being my rebellious, you ain't about to control me. So mm-hmm. from my child, inner child stuff, mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. Everybody else got student loans. Mm-hmm. And I'll be low-key mad when they be getting their checks because they got new outfits. They got all the new stuff. And here I am still in my same regular old stuff. Mm-hmm. So... Okay, mm-hmm. it'll get done. and But the premise for his comment was not necessarily about the money, yeah. but it was about 
you were supposed to go on this path. You weren't following the path. And I had to tell him, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be miserable in the work that exactly. I do for my life. Exactly. Because I've watched my parents who were both like in the banking and I know that they love that work, mm-hmm. but I also know that there were other things that they, they wanted, wanted to, to do. do. Yeah. And because of kids mm-hmm. and responsibility mm-hmm. and like they didn't get to do their passion work. Mm-hmm. And and not that they were unhappy all the time, but I saw the stress and like I've been I've been around enough people who weren't living on purpose. Yeah. And just doing what they felt like they needed. I said, I can't, I'm not a person who can dislike their work. Yeah. And I'm the one who got to do the I was work. I was saying, you're the one that's in it. Yeah, you have to do it. Yeah. And ultimately, you know. It worked it, out. It worked out. <laughs> Everybody got out their feelings. And, right. I, you know, um, the, the master's degree was on me. Like, no, you on your own with that one. Mm-hmm. But now there's all this praise. Mm-hmm. There's all mm-hmm. this. Oh my gosh, my daughter does. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And I know they were proud from the beginning, but just to think, and like I've had that felt pressure of this is the path that you're supposed to go down. Because mm-hmm. our parents will put the pressure on us, especially for the things that they weren't able to accomplish. Able to do. They're in that generational. Hello, here we are. Stuff. Their inner child stuff. Exactly. That now has become my inner child stuff. stuff. Exactly. And then and then everybody sit here wondering why we looking crazy. Hello. And why we so unhappy. Mm-hmm. And I think like us as a generation and these new these newer generations are like, heck you no. Know. They're not having it. Like, and we're gonna get into that we'll a little out. bit later. But this I it's so um it's so I'm I'm glad to see it. Like just watching it unfold mm-hmm. with this generation, it's like y'all better go. Look, Y'all better. And let me get, let me get myself my young old self because I refuse to. I got a lot of friends that be like, "Oh, we old." And I tell them, "Don't call me old." Hello, because my I best years are he- are Look. yet to come. So, and I'm gonna be right out here behind them. You know what? You're right. You no, are right. We're not doing we're it. We're not doing it. <laughs> and stand against it. Exactly. And I think in a lot of the inner child trauma that we are discussing because there's so many variations of what inner child trauma mm-hmm. can look like for different people but there are some archetypes mm-hmm. that I think have shown up in our lives or that we see in others yeah. our loved ones we see it in their lives mm-hmm. so because Janae and I did research for this episode y'all I know mm-hmm. we was kind of winging the last two or three episodes but we no baby, we can't, yeah we got an outline today <laughs> it is detailed we came with the facts okay <laughs> so in our research um I found something that I shared with Janae because when I saw it 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 applied to my life so deeply and I felt like it was worth sharing so um the holistic psychologist is what she calls herself. It's Dr. Nicole LaPera. She's out of California. She has established seven archetypes of inner child, okay? And a lot of these, listen, I'm going to point out the ones that when I saw them made me be like, oh, that makes sense. Yep, I was doing that. Yep, that's who I am. Yep, that was me. And I promise you, if they don't apply to you, they apply to someone you love. They apply to someone you know. So we're going to go over the archetypes that come, that stem from our inner child trauma. The first one is the caretaker. Mm -hmm. That is me all day. Mm -hmm. All I want to do is just take care of everybody else. I don't do a good job of taking care of myself, Mm -hmm. but I do a great job of taking care of everybody else. Mm -hmm. So that one stood out to me the most. What? How does caretaking become a part of our inner child trauma? So the caretaker is uh, sometimes a direct result of like codependent dynamics. Mm. So you have those 
parent-child relationships that are enmeshed. And your parent, like you are taught and you see that I have to depend on mm-hmm. X, sense. Y, and Z in mm-hmm. order to make it. Mm-hmm. So because of that, because there's this codependency, I'm neglecting my own needs and I'm catering to other people because I need this codependent relationship to stay here. Got you. That makes sense. Because through taking care of you, I'm finding meaning and purpose and I know you're going to love me because, because I'm I taking it. care of you. Yeah. Because I've neglected everything that I want uh-huh. to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And, you sh- and you're going to love me. I'm going to feel love. You have love. to because I'm taking good care of mm-hmm. you. And then... It don't happen. I was going to say, and then they don't love you for doing it. And mm-hmm. then what happens? And then you sitting here all wrapped up in my Woo! whole identity is taking care of everybody exactly. else. And that's the part I think is when our entire identities are wrapped up mm-hmm. in these. That's mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've been a caretaker, too. And in some ways, I'm still a caretaker. caretaker. Yeah, yeah. And I have to. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with being a caretaker. Mm -hmm. What we are explaining here, like you said, is that codependency. Um, When that's all there is. Yeah, but to me, adding myself to the caretaker list is what changed the game for me. Mm -hmm. Because I can't neglect myself Mm -hmm. to take great care of everybody else. I'm worth it. I'm worth it, too. You know? Yeah. (sighs) Listen. Yeah. (laughs) These are so good, y'all. If they don't listen, let them. I'm willing to bet that everybody, even if you don't have generational trauma Mm -hmm. or trauma in general. You can still find yourself in at least a few of these, you Mm -hmm. think? Okay, because there's seven um, that Dr. LaPera has shared on her on her Instagram that we researched. But the second one is Life of the Party. Mm-hmm. That was my teenage years and my early 20s. Mm-hmm. I had to be the loudest. I had to be seen. Mm-hmm. I was the life of the party. Mm-hmm. Where does that stem from in connection to inner child trauma? It comes from typically, you know, based off of kind of the research that I've done um, from Dr. LaPera is... The, which makes perfect sense and falls in line with the other archetypes is the result of shame mm. or shame for being emotional mm. or having emotions. So that looks like, oh, you cry. Oh, shut up. Yep. You better stop crying, which we all, I'm guilty of saying that. Because mm-hmm. sometimes them cries be loud. Come stop. <laughs> Cut it out. You right now. Right. Um, but not realizing that that child is starting to feel shame. How many, like how many of us when you feel in some kind of way emotionally, mm-hmm. your parents tell you to stop. Yeah. Suck it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, you bet not. You, I wish you would cry. And you over there dying uh-huh, inside. Uh-huh. And they're literally threatening you. Mm-hmm. And I have to catch myself because my daughter, anytime she don't like something, she cry. Mm-hmm. Anytime. Like, so last night I asked, hey, clean your room up. Mm-hmm. She started Because she was talking about going to grandma's house. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you ain't about to go to grandma's house? Clean the, clean the room up. Stop mm-hmm. taking a break. Bust out crying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and normally I'm like, cut it out. And so after a while, I'm like, look, I don't want to hear it. Because it's not, and I explain, and I try, so I try to explain, like, what are you crying for? Mm-hmm. And if it's just, and then she starts just saying stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cut it out and just clean up the mm-hmm. room. When mm-hmm. you finish the room, you don't got to worry about it. Right. You can go to grandma's house. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have no problem. Right. So I think there is a balance between. Um, teaching your kids how to regulate mm-hmm. and letting explaining to them like this ain't no cry you know mm-hmm. cry situation and she'll come tell me in a minute I'm gonna tell you why I'm sad mm-hmm. she's real good at identifying mm-hmm. how she feels she gonna tell you and the most beautiful thing of that is that you asked her why she was crying mm-hmm. that didn't happen in our generation nobody oh, no. asked us why you're crying mm-hmm. it was you better stop crying 
So that's the beautiful part of, I think, what our generation is trying to do with our children is that we are taking the time to ask the questions that we were never asked. asked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then you get the life of the party, like, oh, I can't be emotional. And I think this tends to kind of show up in men, too, a lot. I think so, too. I was going to say. Like, oh, I'm about to be, I'm about to be cheerful, fun-loving, funny. Everybody going to know gonna I'm here. Exactly. Women, have, I'm women here. have this, too. Uh-huh. It's gonna, we're going to have a good time it's because I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like I ha- I wouldn't necessarily call myself the life of the party, but I definitely do fall victim to always having to be cheerful or yeah. funny. Yeah, um, And I think mine is more out of, I don't want anybody to see me lesser than mm-hmm. because I'm emotional. Mm-hmm. But, but, yeah. Listen, so far... They both have applied to me at some point in my life. The Mm -hmm. next one is rescuer or protector. That's me too. I want to save everybody. Mm -hmm. Don't 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 save myself in most cases, but I want to make sure I try to save you and rescue you. What is that? Means I'm dying. Exactly. I'm going to save. I'm going to save you you at the expense of exactly. I'll die to save you. To save you. Come on. Thinking that that's supposed to increase love. You must. You must certainly are going to love me (laughs) because I'm dedicating my life to saving. Yes. This is the one I identify with the most. Okay. Okay. Like when I think back to my life, it has always been the rescuer. Even now, Mm -hmm. I have some friendships, I have some strongholds and relationships and connections that probably are one way. But I I feel pigeonholed Mm. or held Mm. because at one point in time in my childhood decided that or felt like I don't think it was a conscious decision Mm -hmm. but it just happened Mm -hmm. that I'm the protector Mm -hmm. I'm the one who is going to rescue you that's been my life story Janae Mm -hmm. that's been my life story like from a little girl even in my previous circles and previous Mm -hmm. girl groups like I was always the more even though I was I had my years where I was wilding okay Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I always had a level of maturity and a level of I'm going to figure this out, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make sure you're good. That everybody depended on me mm-hmm. for that. The whole time, I'm freaking, I'm dying. And I'm still saving other people. Mm-hmm. Why? I, I need to save myself as mm-hmm. well. Like, literally, this is the reason I became a counselor. This is the reason why a lot of y'all, like, if y'all ever take a look at people who are helpers, in the helping profession. That's where it stems from. That's where it stems. We want to rescue. If you talk to a lot of people, they number one say, why did you get into this field? Because I want to make a difference. I want to help. I want to be what I didn't have. Come on. I, I was going to say, you want to be what you needed back then and didn't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, that becomes very scary and very dangerous because literally in our education, in our classes, there's a conversation about, oh, you real naive. You knew because you have this, I'm going to save the world. I'm going to save everybody mindset. And so it's dangerous mm-hmm. when it's connected to unresolved childhood stuff. Why? Because you're not going to last in this field. I was going to say. You're, not, you're going to be so burnt out, mm-hmm. so overworked, mm-hmm. out here looking like you're 50 when you're 25. Because yeah. you can't handle the demand and the fact that you can't save and rescue everybody. everybody. They're not for me to save. And I think... I still wrestle with mm, I'm sure. that in some yeah. in some spaces, yeah. but I have gotten so much better mm-hmm. with being like that is not like we said earlier my cross to carry. It's not your cross to carry. I'm not in that position. That person or those persons mm-hmm. don't want me in that position, and it's doing more damage to me mm-hmm. to try to stay in the rescuer mindset than mm-hmm. to just let them fly because there's somebody else out there who's supposed to help them, and it ain't me. Exactly. 
And it's a hard thing to come to, though. Listen, sometimes the sessions with my um, therapist would be so heavy. I would leave and be like, I wonder if my therapist goes to therapy. Mm-hmm. Like, is she rescuing herself? Mm-hmm. Because imagine you have your everyday mm-hmm. life problems and stuff going on in your personal life, and then you have people come constantly, like, emotionally dumping mm-hmm. all day, every day. <laughs> that is your profession. Yes. It's what you do. And it's like, I hope that... Um, people in that field in particular are mm-hmm. understanding that, hey, I need to rescue myself, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I need to take they care of They require it. Like, in my, in my role, I would say, I don't know if all programs, I only know mine, but there's a, there is a part where we have to go to therapy, and it has to be signed off on. I, I, I second that, so because I, I couldn't even imagine yeah, it's hard. the emotional dumping that takes place And always coming from, especially young, like, oh, my God. Rescue the world. Yeah. I'm going to save the world. I'm going to make this huge difference. And then you get into it and you start to see that you can't rescue anybody who doesn't want to be rescued. Exactly. And that's the thing. And we think that, oh my gosh, if I love them enough, they're going to get it one they're day. It. And yeah. then we get mad. I'm, I know, like, I know we got all this other stuff to talk about, but I want to, at this point, sure. then we get mad when they don't get it. Listen. Like, who are we? To tell somebody when they need to move, mm-hmm. when they need to get better. If if you are in that person's life for that reason, you plant the seed, you give them the oil, and then it's on them to do the rest mm-hmm. of the work. Then we may not. It may not be our job to water it. Exactly. It may. Your not job be, may be specifically to plant the to seed. Plant the seed. Somebody else may have to come along and and make sure that that area is being nurtured mm-hmm. and watered. And we talk about that with our seed of lavender. It's a, it's a process. From mm-hmm. planting the seed to nurturing it and watering it and mm-hmm. before it takes root in our lives. So we can't depict that process for anyone but ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's our inner work that we have to do, mm-hmm. not us for them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The next one. Mm. Hero worshiper. So this one is like the person who really rejects their needs and their value of life and models it after somebody else. Mm. So you need to have someone to worship and to follow. So those people like, oh, this is my guru, or those people who, not that having a mentor is bad, but you have a mentor and it's not your thoughts. Everything about your life shifts with who you're following. Got you. Like you don't really have your own basis. Mm. And you don't know to because you reject the idea of, your own stuff. Mm-hmm. And that probably comes from, again, you were rejected. Mm-hmm. Or there was some rejection. And the only way that you receive love or praise is when you were following what your parents or the garden, what they said to be. This inner child stuff, Janae. It's deep. It's it so, deep. so deep. It's And it's so layered, you know? Mm-hmm. I think the next one, I was this for a really long time. Now, I'm, I'm the complete opposite. And I'm, I might need to be a little concerned about it. <laughs> About being mm-hmm. so, um, but anyway, the yes person. Mm. How mm-hmm. many of us can say we've been the yes person? Me, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely me. And that's another one that kind of comes from codependency, too. Mm. Because if I say no, you're not gonna be here, yeah. So to keep you, I'm gonna say yes, I'm gonna say to, everything. yes to everything, even, even the stuff I don't want to do, mm-hmm. the stuff that doesn't even align with who I am. Mm-hmm. What I stand for, my morals, my values, but I have to say yes because I don't want to lose you. Mm-hmm. That's talking and it's about. crazy because like I like at first when I was reading this, I was like I'm not a yes person. I ain't had that, but I but now without saying yes mm-hmm. to like being asked, I just volunteered myself. Got you. Okay. To do things, mm-hmm. so nobody flat out asked. And sometimes they did, mm-hmm. 
but I put myself in the positions. Mm. So well, you don't got to even ask me. Because I'm going to already volunteer to put myself there mm-hmm. to do it I've anyway. already said yes, and ain't nobody asked me not yeah. their question. Yeah. And now I'm out here doing things, drinking, smoking, yeah. doing all of this stuff. I ain't got. I know I ain't got no business doing because mm-hmm. I know it don't align mm-hmm. with. It's all the things I said I would never do. Never do. do but we do them but to, to save face to and save have a codependent face. relationship. Come on. Come on. I'm out here doing this stuff wilding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, then I'm sitting here like, why? Oh, but I'm out here crying, though. Yeah. But why am I so depressed? Janae, because you're out of order. Yeah. You are doing stuff. You're out of you alignment. you ain't got no business doing. Right. And then I'm mad mm-hmm. at the other person. And mm-hmm. they ain't asked me nothing. They didn't ask you to do it. I volunteered myself mm-hmm. to be in this. Listen, the thing about it is, whenever I tell people, they just look at me like I'm the weirdest thing they've ever seen. When I tell people I don't drink, I don't smoke, they'll just be like, like, you don't drink at all, not a glass of wine? I'd be like, no, but you can, and it's okay. I'm, have at it. I've I'm not that judging I'm you. I'm not over here like, oh, my God. you're. It's just not what I do anymore. Mm-hmm. But knock yourself Feel out. Free. Feel free. I know what that was like. I know that <laughs> life, you know? And it's like, people I'm just good. be like, what? It's yeah. just like, yeah. And I'm... And a lot of that was me wanting to fit in and me saying yes and and doing things to keep people in my life. Mm -hmm. I don't do that anymore. Yeah, I I don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Let whoever's going to leave, leave. Like if you ain't, if you, if if we can't hang out because I don't want to smoke or I don't want to drink. I don't want to drink, then I don't need to hang out with you anyway. What kind of relationship we got anyway? Exactly, you know? Because that shouldn't be... The center, right, or the reflection, or the the, the, but, the nucleus of our relationship, yeah. right. But if we're in, if we're hanging out, and that's what you want to do, I'm I'm not one of those people that's gonna be like, oh my god, I can't hang out with you, right? Smoking, knock yourself out, do it, boo, do it responsibly. It up, if I'm, I'll be your designated driver, make sure we get home safely. Yeah. But don't shame me for not, not doing it exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. That's that's respect me. The and same way you want me to respect exactly. your decisions. Because mm-hmm. I don't have no problem with it if that's what people decide to do for their life. But mm-hmm. I know for me and mine, exactly. what works and don't work. Exactly. And once you know that, you don't have a problem with saying no. Mm-mm. And every time I dabble back, <laughs> epic fail. I'm instantly reminded. Epic fail. Yeah. Of why it was a no. Like, I recently <laughs> talked to my husband and was like, oh, yeah, you know, I did so-and-so. Why? <laughs> And I felt so judged and Listen, disgusted. And because I know your husband, because we went to school together and basically came up together, I can just imagine him saying that. Like, I can picture it. And it's great. Like, and I think I was so thrown off because I wasn't expecting that reaction. Mm-hmm. I was expecting him to be like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was just and like, like, no, like, what? Why? What? Why? Why did you do what? And what happened? I got so defensive. That's what you mean, why? That's what we do. Like, but then I had to sit and reflect and think. Like, Janelle, you knew. He knew better. But I think once you once you once you start the healing process and you are you know who you are and you've healed the things that have held you back so long, saying no just comes so easily. Mm-hmm. I can say no now and not feel a way about it. Mm-hmm. I've never been able to do that before. No always made me feel so guilty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm because I'm not. I'm okay being alone. If my no means I'm by myself, I'm all right with it. Listen, you know the process of solitude that I have yes. been walking through yes. the month of March. Yes. And you have to be okay with yourself. Yeah. 
Because uh-huh. it's just you and yourself all the time. Mm-hmm. If Even I'm not if okay I'm with me, next to somebody, exactly. It's still just I me still and my have thoughts. to be yep. with myself and be okay with myself. Mm-hmm. Listen, we go on, but mm-hmm. we okay. going deep. But well, we gonna get back on track. Back. Sorry, because you know how we do. But yes. we can talk about that off air. <laughs> but the next one is one that um, Dr. L and I discussed kind of in detail on last week's episode. The overachiever. Mm-hmm. You know, she stated in that episode that she just kept doing things, thinking that it will make her feel better, mm-hmm. thinking that it will bring some type of joy, happiness, mm-hmm. and peace to her life, and she would accomplish one goal after the next, after the next, yeah. and still feel unaccomplished, mm-hmm. and still feel unsatisfied, mm-hmm. and still feel unfulfilled because she was operating from that inner child space. Mm-hmm. And in her inner child trauma, she became an overachiever. Mm-hmm. Give us the, the background on overachievers and where that comes from. So that that comes from seeking and needing that validation, validation. for your self-esteem. Got you. So, like, if I'm doing all the things right, mm-hmm. if I have all the things, then people are going to validate me and treat me as such. Got you. I'm automatically going to be talked about and praised. People are going to see me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're going to value me mm-hmm. because I have had all of these achievements. It's, it becomes a way to cope. Mm-hmm. It's how you learn to cope mm-hmm. and deal. And mm-hmm. so, like... That could be a childhood of you try to step out and do things and you parents don't pay no attention. No acknowledgement. No recognition. Up, yeah. They don't care. They're not mm-hmm. invested. Mm-hmm. But the moment you do what they want to do or you have this high esteem. So kind of like my, and this didn't, thankfully I know this wasn't what right with my parents. Right. But, you know, you're not, they're not celebrating in there for the process, but mm-hmm. celebration time, they there. Yeah. With all the bells and whistles. Oh, my baby. Mm-hmm. So, you, so then what do you learn? That celebration felt good. I need that again. Mm-hmm. So let me keep going. Even though they ain't there for the process, mm-hmm. but let me keep going so I can have another thing to celebrate yeah. so people can so people can acknowledge can me. acknowledge me. And that's how you cope. You grind, grind, wow. grind, grind, grind. Mm-hmm. And then you get there. Wow. So the flip side of that is the underachiever. Mm-hmm. What is that about? So that person really dims their light and they make themselves and believe that they need to stay invisible in order to be loved. I just had a conversation with somebody about this Mm -hmm. and it didn't register even though I knew the archetypes that we had discussed, Mm -hmm. but I didn't realize that. And I literally said, you know, I feel like certain parts of my life I've, I had, I, I shrunk myself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't want to be too bright of a star. I don't want to, I just kind of want to be over here. Just, Mm -hmm kind of doing the things but not really doing the things like because I don't want to maybe um um outshadow mm-hmm. yeah because if you stay in the shadows or if you stay invisible then people are going to love you if you do too much mm-hmm. if you are achieving mm-hmm. that's not going to equate to love mm-hmm. especially um in the aspect of maybe um romantic relationships mm-hmm. where you don't want to overshadow your partner or your spouse mm-hmm. so you kind of hide in the shadow so that they can get the spotlight mm-hmm. yeah. and when you think about it a lot of times we and i'm certainly guilty of this we as people feel like it has to be one or the other mm. not realizing there's balance yeah back to that balance um and i'm not perfect at this i definitely need to do better mm-hmm. but Sometimes the success there is does come at the expense of time mm. to the people who are closest to you. Mm-hmm. And so I try to make sure I have days where then I prioritize yeah. my husband. I prioritize time 
with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to be honest, I suck at it because mm-hmm. there's just so much stuff to do. I know, there's always so much to do. But it's constantly on my mind. Yeah. It's actually something, I believe not thinking I would talk about this, but it was actually something that I um, had made a commitment to, Janae, you need to do better mm-hmm. at any cost, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You do better because all in, in in all reality, all the things can go, mm-hmm. and I will still be okay. Yeah. But if something happens to my children, if something happens to my husband, mm-hmm. if something happens to any of my loved ones mm-hmm. that are in my mm-hmm. immediate or anybody that I care about, mm-hmm. but especially You're right. this particular group of people, mm-hmm. I ain't gonna do it myself. I'm just trying to tell you. And so, like, I have to remind myself that Janae, this achievement, this. Thing mm-hmm. is not always worth it, but I'm also not going to live on purpose and do the things that make me happy mm-hmm. at the expense of other people. So it's finding that balance, that balance. so that I'm not overachieving, where mm-hmm. I'm neglecting everything else, and I'm not being invisible just mm-hmm. for the sake of a relationship right. or people. Right. That makes so much sense. So those were the seven archetypes from Dr. Nicole LaPera, the holistic psychologist. I'm just curious to know, like, once you've heard the seven, how many of those that you see in yourself or maybe how many of those that you point out in your spouse or your partner, maybe that you're noticing starting to develop in your children? Mm -hmm. What does that like? What do you do once you recognize these archetypes? Does that archetypes? Does that mean there's some healing that needs to take place Mm -hmm. that we need to go back in and look at some things? Mm -hmm. And okay, Mm -hmm. And I think it starts with. really getting in tune with yourself and your body because mm-hmm. your body remembers everything everything and because we know that we're going to talk about trauma in the body mm-hmm. what is what what's the connection there between trauma and the body and if you can just give us some clinical background mm-hmm. and some research surrounding that so okay. that we can understand mm-hmm. what happens in our bodies when we experience trauma, especially if the trauma is left unresolved. Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely. So, so like we were saying earlier, like, you know, the body remembers every single thing. Research has shown it. Science has shown it mm-hmm. that our body remembers everything. Like I was telling you guys, there's a big difference between a traumatized brain and a brain that's not traumatized. Right. Or... We can take trauma place whatever word we want to use. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, um, there's so clinically we call them somatic symptoms. Um, somatic symptoms. Okay, what Every, is that? So that is the experience of particular sensations um, in the body, which are results of the body's response to distress or trauma or triggers, unrelated to other medical issues. Okay. So those are things like pain chronic fatigue, mm-hmm. weakness, shortness of breath, headache, all those things that you go to the doctor and they can't find, they ain't going to find anything wrong with Nothing you. Nothing wrong with you. But I had this headache. It won't go away. Mm-hmm. We ran all the tests. Mm-hmm. We don't see nothing. Mm-hmm. It, you are having, nine times out of ten, your body is trying to tell you something. Mm-hmm. And I think as people, we don't listen to our bodies Mm -hmm. enough. If we became more in tune with what's happening in our bodies, Mm you will be able to detect things quicker. You're going to know when something's off. So that that little pain in the chest is not always just a pain in the chest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That could be stress. Mm -hmm. That can literally be heartache. Right. That can literally be um, sadness. Mm -hmm. It can be so many things. Mm -hmm. So... 
being in touch with the with the body like one of the things that we that I mentioned earlier about the marginalized populations we are so used to being either stuck on on or stuck on off so mm-hmm. being revved up mm-hmm. fully on the break mm-hmm. when it comes to situations we've normalized that so much that this is why we have and are some of the um, number one at-risk populations we are. for all these medical and yeah. health issues. Yeah. Because I've had this um, anxiety from childhood mm-hmm. that has You've not... had anxiety for 35 years. Mm-hmm. And so now what? Now I have real physical health issues. Yep. Um, and, you know, like, oh, there's a, a history in this family of heart disease. Mm-hmm. And not that it's that you born with it right. kind of heart disease, mm-hmm. but like as you get to a certain age, why? Because generationally we've passed down excessive worry and anxiety mm-hmm. and stress mm-hmm. and always having to pop off and cuss somebody out or holding everything in, internalizing everything. Right. And that, it's just sitting there festering. That right. now we have our, you know, our lineage is getting shorter and shorter. Yes, that is so true. Because we're carrying and turning over all this stuff Mm -hmm. and have all these issues that are starting in the body that Mm -hmm. we don't listen to. Like one of the things that in a conference I was in last weekend, they were talking about all the natural healing ways of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And they they talked about kind of therapy, how it's kind of been colonized. And and the thing to do is to really go back and look at the research at where some of these things came from. Because every culture prior to the development of uh, their theories and things for therapy had their own healing practices, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and those are gone. And now that I'm saying therapy's not good, like no, y'all need to get this therapy. Um, but every culture has its own healing practices. That's so true. And those things have gotten lost along the way. They have, yeah. And I think for some that was kind of the balance mm-hmm. when they didn't have therapy, when mm-hmm. they couldn't go talk to nobody, right. Oh, I know how to go and sit and meditate mm-hmm. or have moments and be still mm-hmm. and be quiet and mm-hmm. release or mm-hmm. whatever the practice was. But because we are so go, 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 go as a society, right? we don't pay attention to the little headaches that come up. Yeah. Like I learned where I carry my stress was that anytime I was stressed, my chest would hurt. Like I felt like I was going to have a heart attack. Mm. And I would go, I went to the doctor a few times, and they were like, oh, it's probably a muscle spasm. I was like, but I didn't pick up nothing heavy. Mm-hmm. They were like, it's probably just strain. I'm like, it don't make sense because mm-hmm. I know what activity I've done. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find nothing wrong. EKG, everything was good. And I noticed one day I was at the airport, and the flight was late. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and, I, and the, the feeling came in. And that let me know, Janae, this is that mind-body connection. Yep, that's the connection. You, this is your, you are carrying so much anxiety, mm-hmm. stress, and worry mm-hmm. over this flight that now your chest is hurting. Mm-hmm. And I had to go calm myself down mm-hmm. and just be in the moment, mm-hmm. be in the here and now. Yeah. That whenever this flight comes, it's going to be gonna good. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it went away. Wow. Instantly. Because you made the connection. You mm-hmm. were able to identify Mm-hmm. what was causing it mm-hmm. and that's so important yeah in order to heal because yeah. if we don't know what needs to be healed or what it even feels like to be un- like not healed how are we going to know what heal feels like that's so true like people always chase I, and I can't say I hate it but I strongly dislike it but I just want to be happy and then I ask okay what does happiness feel like mm-hmm. what does it look like for you I don't know but then how you gonna know when you get when you get there mm-hmm. we have no frame of reference because we don't take the time to Think about it. So then we got to walk backwards. Well, what does unhappiness feel like? Right. 
Right. And the one thing I love about EMDR is the mind-body connection. Listen, you know, like, that was my process you gotta, in here. You got to tap into Woo! the body. Yes. And the, the movement of therapy now is all body-centered. Got you. There's very little... Unless you sit and talk. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's, oh, well, where do you feel that in your body? Mm-hmm. And movement. Like, there's, oh, I love the I love the liberation kind of movements and therapy that are happening, which yeah. just are falling back in line with the original healing methods. I was going to say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we connect our minds to our bodies, and where did that child, and it's going to be the exact same space mm-hmm. that that child felt that mm-hmm. uh, during that emotion. So when that child, when you felt fear as a child, it's going to always show up in the same exact spot until it's resolved. That's so true. And then when you feel something else, another part of the body, that, that ain't that same thing, that's something else. Mm-hmm. But you have to recognize that your body holds every Everything. experience you've ever had. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Let's take a moment for this week's sponsor. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? As I've shared on the podcast many times before, I originally started my therapy journey in 2016 as I was grieving the loss of my grandmother. I went in expecting grief counseling and that evolved into weekly maintenance for my life. And that's what therapy has been for me. It's been weekly maintenance for my mental and emotional health and well-being. If this sounds like something that you could benefit from, then BetterHelp is for you. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counseling network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. So all of my international listeners, this is for you too. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so that you don't ever have to wait in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is also available. Visit betterhelp.com slash lavender and join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for the Lavender Woman's podcast listeners. You will receive 10% off your first month by visiting www.betterhelp.com slash lavender. Tell them they can't dissent you. Now, back to the show. So, how do we heal Janae? I think it's a it's a combination of a lot of different things. Okay, once you kind of really recognize, hey, I got some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the number one thing is go and get yourself some professional help. 
We love to think that we can heal ourselves. And we can do it alone. And we can read alone. enough self-help books, listen to the podcast, listen to this, watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, do whatever, talk to this friend, mm-hmm. pray, pray through it. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that there are some things that you aren't going to understand and know how to get yourself out of. Yeah, yeah. And I've tell my clients, especially when we're working through trauma stuff or heavy stuff, mm-hmm. um, I give them the permission to compartmentalize it unless we're in a session. Okay. Because, and I tell them exactly in these words, unless you're getting ready to have a big breakthrough, I don't need you doing nothing with this hurt mm. outside of this office. Mm. So leave it here. Okay. Put it on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Don't go and stew in it if you, if you are not in session with me. Because my job literally is to watch you, mm-hmm. to guide you, mm-hmm. and to make sure that we safely explore this stuff that's and then good. package you back up that's good to go outside yeah. i don't need you trying to do that don't be at home messing with it just leave it alone leave it <laughs> unless right. you are at the verge of some breakthrough yeah then cool if not i'm get i'm giving you full-on permission mm. to leave it here that's so good though janae and then people love it they're like Oh, I don't have okay. to go home and deal with this. Oh, no. thank you. Like, like it's gonna stay in your working memory for about five hours. Of course. Um, but after that, I don't want to hear. I don't spend the last week sad and really depressed and couldn't function. Mm. Um, because you're not coming to me for that. Mm. That's what you've been doing this whole time, right? And if you aren't doing any work mm-hmm. with this mess, mm-hmm. with this stuff that mm-hmm. is you and the inner child and all these unresolved issues, why? what are you doing Right, then? what are we really doing? Like, you want to just be miserable? Yeah. There's another way, guys. I'm telling yeah. you. There like is you another way. Get some professional help. Get the guidance. Mm-hmm. But if, but you know, especially at this time right now, therapy is hard to come by. People are booked. Busy, full, and busy. it's hard. Because people are out here getting their whole lives Look, together, this y'all. this pandemic helps everybody see, like, I need, I, need, I help. need help. I need help. And so it's a little bit harder these days to get into therapy. So if you're in the waiting period, mm-hmm. um, then one of the things you can do is really seek understanding of your own experiences. Okay. So in that waiting period where you can't compartmentalize it, if it's on your mind, then start to just look to see... What does this mean mm-hmm. for me? Mm-hmm. What is this about? Mm-hmm. Um, and you do that by looking at patterns. You look at reasons behind the behaviors. You look to really understand where did this come from? Like I have this this saying that we should not do anything that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. So if somebody were to say, well, why do you do that? If your answer is, I don't know, mm-hmm. then you need to sit down and do some reflecting. Wow. Because your answer should never be, I don't know. If you don't know why you do something, who going to know? Exactly. And so, like, and I think I learned, I was reading this book in, in my grad program called Woman's Way of Knowing. And um, it literally said, like, somebody, one of my professors or advisors who didn't like the course was like, you know, we literally could have just had a little sign that says everybody's viewpoint and their truth is their truth. Um, mm-hmm. Like, minimizing the class. I'm like, yo, I love this class. Mm-hmm. Um but it was talking about um, how do we know what we know? Mm-hmm. 
and you should understand it. Absolutely. You should have an answer. Somebody would have asked you, well, where you get that from? Or how you know that? It shouldn't just be, I don't know. Yeah. You should know where where you learned your stuff from. Mm-hmm. And then, and so one of the things I do with my clients, and they hate it, but I love it, and I tell them, you it's going to be annoying. And I'll ask, you know, well, where do you think that comes from? I don't know. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's think about it. Yeah. And then they give me that answer. Okay, well, where do you think that came from? Mm-hmm. And like that annoying kid who's always like, why? Why? But why? why? But why? Exactly. And so I literally do that with them and I tell them that it's this is going to be the continued but why. Mm-hmm. And about five minutes into the but, but why, why or where, mm-hmm. they're like, Janae, I'm over it. Mm-hmm. But guess what? We have so much more understanding. Exactly. And then they start doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. They remember how annoying it was that now they start doing it themselves mm-hmm. outside of session which i'll label that as that's okay because you're doing some work right but if you can't do that and then close it off then don't do that keep mm-hmm. that here with me but like you have to get understanding of where things come from so you tap into your body you tap into experiences um i think practicing some mindfulness and like grounding techniques is huge yes for that mind body connection mm-hmm. because it's nothing like sitting and stillness, mm-hmm. with no distraction, none. It's amazing, and you start to feel all these aches and pains, and like where your body is heavy, and you don't, you didn't even know. Yeah. Like, if y'all have not ever tried to meditate, people it gets a bad um, rap because it does. people jump, people go to the extreme with meditation. Mm-hmm. Like you can't go from. I ain't never sat in silence. So I'm going to sit here for an hour. Yeah. Like, it makes no sense. You can start with literally 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. And then you don't even have to, your thoughts don't have to be quiet. Right. Like, you're just getting in the practice of doing so. Yeah. And you're starting to bring awareness to what's happening in the mind. Yep. So when I started, when I started to do, when I started out, I was like, okay, I'm going to sit here maybe two, three minutes. Whatever comes to mind, I'm going to just give it a name Mm -hmm. and we're going to keep it moving. Mm -hmm. Now I'm back to quiet. Mm -hmm. Something else pop in. Okay, that's food. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if you give a thought some attention, it'll keep moving. It sure will. But if we sit here, no, I can't think about you. I can't (laughs) think about you. It's going to keep knocking at the door. It's like, hello, I'm here. Why are you ignoring me? (laughs) Like, acknowledge it and and send it on its way. Yes. And so I always laugh because people are like, I can't sit and be quiet. But you can. But you can. But you can. It's like any skill you got to learn it. And your body and your mind will thank you for Mm -hmm. it. I promise you. Because you'll notice all types of things. Mm -hmm. Like if I ever want to figure out what part of my body is really aching, I will go sit on the floor and just sit. Mm -hmm. And then you start to feel like, Mm -hmm. oh, this aches. So I think practicing that mindfulness. Especially like when you have to make a... A hard decision. Mm. I promise you, if you sit with yourself for mm-hmm. a few moments and just breathe and just sit with yourself and cut out all the noise, cut out all the distractions. Mm-hmm. I promise you. <laughs> I promise you because I have been sitting with myself a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! I cannot wait. <laughs> Until I can sit down with Janae and do an episode because I'm going to need Janae to do this yes. episode. And I don't know when that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm here. It, it will happen. You already know. I already, girl, thank you. Um, but I cannot wait until I can sit down and tell my listeners about March of 2021. Mm-hmm. And the I know podcast you guys episode is recorded in the midst. In the midst of March of 2020, of 20, um, these have been 21. Heavy, They've been heavy episodes. topics. And mm-hmm. you guys are hearing this episode in April, but I cannot wait 
until, I don't know if that's going to be three months from now, six months from now. Hell, it might be a year from now. Mm -hmm. But whenever that time comes, I'm going to be like, y'all remember? Like my OG (laughs) listeners, y'all remember when I told y'all about March of 2021? We about to talk about Mm -hmm. it. Because you would be amazed Mm -hmm. at what you can do Mm -hmm. when you conquer from within. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you take the time. To be still. To be still. And figure it out. Yes. Everything mm-hmm. is figure outable. Mm-hmm. It's my go-to. It's my thing. Mm-hmm. Everything is figure outable. It yeah. really is. And sometimes it is that quiet. Let me quiet all the noise. All the noise. And get in touch with myself. Mm-hmm. What do I need? What do I not need? Mm-hmm. What's really going to feel good a month from now, mm-hmm. two months from now, mm-hmm. a year from now. Y'all have no idea. And quiet. And it's just like... No idea. Okay. <laughs> no idea. Like mm-hmm. this was such a um March was such a challenging month. So much so that when Janae and I recorded the um the peace episode. Purpose. Purpose. Mm-hmm. It was the last one we did. Was it? Because peace came first. Yeah, no, because uh, we went out to eat. So it was the purpose episode uh-huh. mm-hmm. that literally, as because we went to dinner after we recorded, even Janae was just like, "Girl, <laughs> wait, what? How did you just sit here? And How that did episode? you just sit here and do mm-hmm. that?" And I was like, "Because I can do hard things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can do hard things. I can, do, can hard do hard things. things. We can do hard things, mm-hmm. and we don't ever feel like we can until we cut out the noise. You have to cut out everything else that's going on." And really sit with your stuff. That's why this inner child, these two inner child episodes have been so important because it usually all stems back to there. Mm-hmm. And so things are going to pop up in our adulthood and we we need to know how to handle it. And we need mm-hmm. to know that we can do hard you gonna things. You're going to flip the lid? You're going to flip the lid? Or we not. Or we not. What, what are we going to do? What are we doing? What's going to happen? There's literally only two options. Literally. And which one are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And that depends on... If we have done the work mm-hmm. to heal our inner child, if we have done the work to know who we are, to sit with ourselves, mm-hmm. to listen, guys. If mm-hmm. I, if you get nothing else from this episode, in which so much information has been dropped here, that I really hope that this is probably one of those episodes that you need to listen to twice, mm-hmm. because the first time is like the the listen, and then the second time is like the application where you're going to take notes uh-huh. and you're going to apply it. Do the work. That mm-hmm. is my encouragement that Mm -hmm. is my push for you um for all the listeners do Mm -hmm. the work i promise you you can do life depends it depends on it and you'll be amazed what you can do once you mm -hmm. do that part like literally i tell people one of the hardest things for me as a therapist is to know that i can't do this for anybody Mm -hmm. and people come to me thinking i'm Mm -hmm. the one doing the work and fixing them no not me no you're guiding you're making the choice to apply Mm -hmm. i can teach all the things Mm -hmm. Drop all the gems. All the gems. And she's forever dropping knowledge in gems, (laughs) y'all. But if we don't start making changes, that's something else you have listed, Mm -hmm. making those changes, applying what we now know, Mm -hmm. and doing the work... You're gonna be it's gonna be the same. And then you're gonna feel like it's somebody else's fault. Exactly. Like I listened to the episode. I went to this I session. went to therapy. I did this. It's gonna be everybody else's fault. Mm-hmm. But did you apply it? Mm-hmm. Did you start making changes in your life? Mm-hmm. Did you start implementing different things in your life? You have to make changes and do the work. That's the only way it's gonna and work. It's crazy because like like me just sitting here thinking, because I've done a lot of family work. I work with a lot of adults in my in my time. Um, as parents 
who ain't willing to do their work, but they expect their child to do this work. Come on. Now, how is that fair? How is it fair? Because you said so. Because you said so. Mm-hmm. I said you better go mm-hmm. to therapy and change. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to stay I'm, raggedy. I ain't doing nothing. I'm going to stay over here and be my same toxic self. I don't have Because I'm grown. Mm-hmm. Or it's too late for me. Mm-hmm. It's never too late. And that's never. another thing. It is never too late. Mm-mm. Never. It is never too so late. So many people think that it is. And regardless of whatever, wherever you are in life, if you woke up, it's another day. Hello. And Which is another opportunity. opportunity. Yep. To get it together. My mom's husband is in his 60s. So my mom is about to be 65. So he's 60. He'll be 63 in December. Mm-hmm. And he just started, like, his therapy journey mm, in his 60s. Yes, yes. And we were talking today because I've been doing all of these, like, projects at my house, y'all. And he is, like, my everything, my handyman, my painter, <laughs> my plumber. He can do – it's nothing Come the man on. can't do, okay? So he was he, – they've been at my house all weekend helping me with projects around the house. And we were talking today, and he was like, Hinch, you know, I never realized that some of the things I witnessed because he witnessed someone um, get murdered as a child. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I never realized the effect that it had on me even up until this point until I started my healing journey. Yeah. And you have no idea. No idea. You just think, oh, it's something that I saw. It was. I was a child. It's fine. Now I'm 60. It's okay. Mm-hmm. When the whole time it's been following you. And when I was listening to the seven archetypes, it made me think about him being the overachiever. Mm-hmm. You know, he left and he went into the military and he got all these accolades and he's one of the few black paratroopers of our nation and of our country. And it's like, those things are real and those are our coping mechanisms and the things that we become because of our inner child experiences mm-hmm. and traumas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, yeah. it's never too late. It's so never. if he can start therapy at 60, I promise you, you can start at 18, mm-hmm. 25, 40, mm-hmm. 50, 70. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. If you have breath in your body, There is that's the opportunity and the chance for you to heal. To heal. To heal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting here thinking about healing is talking, where like, what do it, I need to heal? You know, and the thing what do is, I have left? when people say, you know, you say you have a lot of clients who say, I just want to be happy. I just want to have this. Healing is where really all of that resides. Mm-hmm. Your happiness, your joy, your peace, it resides on the other side of your healing. Mm-hmm. Even contentment, because I have a lot of people say, I just want to be content. Mm-hmm. And I don't really like content, because content, even though I know it's not, but like to me, it, I feel like I've, I've worked with enough people who use content as just like I just want to be. Mm, life is happening. I'm okay. Is contentment not like, um, a form of settling? Do you think? I think in the way that some of I've experienced clients talk about it, yeah. Okay. Even I know it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tend to look at content as running the line of acceptance. Mm, of that's good. I can't change the situation. That's good. But, like, I'm content with what's happening because I can't do anything about it, but I'm still okay. Mm-hmm. I don't like it, mm-hmm. but I'm still okay. So, I think there are situations. I was going to say, there are situations content. that are going to occur in your life where you're going to have to be okay with what's happening. Mm-hmm. Because there's literally nothing you can do about whatever it is mm-hmm. that took place. But that shouldn't be your life goal. Your life goal. Like, my life goal is to be content. <sighs> yeah. Let's drive a little higher. Yeah, sis. because you're worth it. Yes. Like, oh, my God, you don't have to just be content. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know necessarily if it's happiness because I think happiness is so, um, it's so, everybody has its own truth. There's Mm -hmm. so many different versions Mm -hmm. of it. But I guess you could say, I guess, yeah, whatever happiness is to you. But I think it starts with, like, making that change. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things that I love to have people to do 
in therapy, if they don't know where to start, it's like, oh, let's make a timeline. Okay. Let's do a lifeline. So what does that look like? So um, you can draw a line down the middle of paper, horizontally, vertically, whatever floats your vote. So if you're real fancy, you could print off a timeline. That would be me. Like how in school, yes. you had a little timeline and got all the boxes yes, already that filled would be out. Me. That would be me. <laughs> you can do that. You can make a little poster, collage. You can uh-huh. make it whatever you want it to mm-hmm. be. But I have them kind of write that out as far back as you can remember. Let's write highs and lows mm. of your life. And usually the I pick one. I usually if it's horizontal, the top is the high, bottom is the low, however you want to do it. And then I say, let's pair some ages with it. And then let's pair some feelings. Okay. How did you feel mm. when that happened? Mm-hmm. And then we'll kind of use it as a guide to really, this is, these are the things. Mm-hmm. This is, and what's this still connected to mm. in the now? Right. Because and this is still showing up now. So what mm-hmm. is it connected to? And that's what I'm like, oh, I don't even know. That goes back that to that, I don't know. bothered me. Mm-hmm. And then you start to realize, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That one time my mom yelled at me or my mom made this comment that she thought was funny. That really hurt me. And you've been carrying and I've it carried that the entire time. For 20-something years. Yeah. Thinking it was nothing. And now here I am upset about it. Mm-hmm. You've been upset about it the whole time, sis. The whole time. It's been, and I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about these particular things is to really drive home the fact that whether you know it or not, everything that you've ever been through is driving who you are. Yes, it is. And that's the whole point of this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We spend so much time feeling like we don't have no control and we don't know who we are and unhappy with who we are and don't like who we, who we see in the mirror. But when are you going to take the time to clean the mirror mm. when you want to take time to clean up yourself come on so that when you look at yourself in the mirror in the mirror come or get on. a new mirror listen throw the mirror away sis like or i'm gonna change the location this lighting in here ain't good it sucks so put it so in another room let me go somewhere else because i need i need to shine some light on some things come on it's a little too dim in here come for on me. with it janae and I think a lot of us are just kind of like, oh, this is the mirror I was given, so yeah. I got to keep it. Mm-hmm. I don't really like it, though. It's not flattering. I can't see my full self. Come you better on. go to the store and get you a full and mirror. get you a new one. And put it where you want it to be. Come but no, on. we be like, mm, no, Come this on. is all I have. No, and it's not. It's not. Change the I angle. I promise you it's not. Yeah. Change, the, change, change something. Start. Start somewhere. somewhere. Start somewhere. You don't have to figure it all out, but if you start somewhere, you're going to be better off than you were the day before. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly Guaranteed. agree with that because I've walked through the process. I agree mm-hmm. with that. And I know a big chunk of how we heal is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. talked about that um, with Dr. L, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about forgiving people who aren't sorry. We mm-hmm. talked about forgiving people who never apologize. Mm-hmm. How? Why does forgiveness hold so much power as it is attached to our healing? Because it allows you to take power back. Huh. Okay. Think about how much power these situations Mm -hmm. hold. Mm -hmm. Like, think about how much energy it takes to be mad at somebody. You got to see. So you could be having a good old little moment. But, okay, I'm getting ready to come around this person. Everything changes, yeah. Now I gotta be mad. Mm-hmm. I gotta change my whole demeanor. Mm-hmm. Where today was a good day, mm-hmm. and now I have to make a choice mm-hmm. to not laugh when something was funny because I'm mad at you. You're literally giving that person the power. Mm-hmm. 
So to forgive is you taking back power, back. power mm-hmm. and control, not over them, mm-hmm. but over your life. And it's we've said multiple times on this podcast throughout um, several episodes, forgiveness does not minimize what you experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's where I know for me and I, for a lot of people that I know as well, that's where we struggle with forgiveness mm-hmm. because we feel like if I forgive this person who did X, Y, and Z to mm-hmm. me and what they did to me has changed my life drastically, what they did to me hunted me for mm-hmm. 20 years, what, then it minimizes the experience and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You're not just because you forgive doesn't mean you're saying it's okay. Right. It's still not okay. It's still not okay. But, and, uh, and sometimes I'll tell people if they can't, if forgiveness seems too far-fetched, mm-hmm. then go with radical acceptance. Ooh. So radical acceptance is the idea that I don't like what happened, but I can't change it. Mm. And I am accepting that this thing happened to me. Mm. And sometimes that is a little bit more palatable than Full forgiveness. forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Because... And sometimes that's the first step. Mm, to get to forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So okay. like um, like when my grandma passed, mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I ain't had nobody to forgive for right. that. But I don't like it. But I had to accept it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, though. The radical acceptance. Mm-hmm. That makes so much sense. Like in the most craziest of situations. Yeah. I don't like that I was sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. But it happened. It happened. And I can't take it back. Mm-hmm. I don't like that um, I got in this car accident. Mm-hmm. Or I don't like that this this person abused me. Mm-hmm. Or that this person did this. Mm-hmm. Or my, my mama wasn't there. My mm-hmm. daddy wasn't there. Whatever your this is, mm-hmm. you don't have to. That is Just because you accept that it happened does not mean that you agree. Right. That makes so much because sense. Because you're only hurting yourself by continuing to hold that grudge by continuing to hold that hatred and dislike because think of how much weight that takes up for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you start to free up weight, and then, that, then that's why forgiveness becomes so powerful mm-hmm. because I don't need you to be better to forgive you mm-hmm. because I'm going to move on and now you no longer have control and I have my power back. There it is, guys. That's the key. Janae just mm-hmm. dropped a major key on us. <laughs> that is the key. Got my wow. power back. Got my power back. Like they back. said in Space Jam. When they, got, when they when they when he touched the ball mm-hmm. and they got that they got, uh, the, got their skills yes, back. Yes, got their skills back. Got my power back. Right. That's, that's how we should be living our lives with all the things that have taken Absolutely. the power from childhood. Absolutely. You have to get it back. Nobody's gonna give it to you. They they sure and a lot not. of people sit around waiting. Mm-hmm. And even if like I'll have clients who will say, Well, I just need them to apologize or recognize what they did to me. That does not bring healing. It sure doesn't. Because people can apologize. And then it's like, mm, well, now I still feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Because those feelings are not connected, connected to Connected to it, exactly. They did the act, but you have the, the choice and the decision of how it impacts you. Absolutely. That's so good. So in traditional fashion, you know, I had to give y'all a meme. And this one had me and Janae like, yes. <laughs> so the meme for this week is, I don't think our generation is sensitive at all. I think we understand that a lot of what has been normalized while growing up is toxic, humiliating, and traumatizing. And we are choosing not to repeat it. Hello. I mean, do we even need to say anything? Mm-mm. No, I don't think so. But we are. But we not repeat We not fit. Listen, what we, we not, not fixing that. to do, I'm about to go real country on y'all. What we it. not fixing to do is that. Mm-mm. 
we are it is our generation our generation that's realizing all of these things and it's the next generation that's automatically just saying no. Mm-hmm. They are just straight up saying no. Mm-hmm. And we are finally coming to the realization that a lot of what we knew, a lot of what we know, a lot of um the way we were brought up was toxic, traumatizing and humiliating. And we're yeah. like, no, nah, we off that. I feel, I feel like we're like freedom fighters Hello. in our own home. In our own families. Like, so many people spend so much time fighting what's happening outside. You ain't even fought what you happened in your house. You got to fight where you are first. In get, your Get your house, house in order. Hello. Get your house in order. In full, in full fashion. Come on. In full fashion. The same way that our ancestors and people in our lineage were out here fighting in these streets. And they say we are our ancestors' wildest dreams. Mm. I need to be my own wildest dreams for this stuff that's happening and that has has happened in my household. Exactly. Because we ain't doing that. We're not doing it no more. We off that. Done. We're done. We're tired. <laughs> we, we are not going to repeat the same Mm-mm. traumas and the same generational that we're done. Because life is meant to be lived. And there's it a is. whole lot of life out here. And and the thing about life is it, it can... You can live a good life mm-hmm. despite your trauma. Yeah. Despite mm-hmm. your experiences. Mm-hmm. And that's the seed of lavender for this week. Experience. Mm-hmm. Experience. Our seed of lavender is a word, typically one word, um, and it's we plant it, we nurture it, we water it until it takes root in our life. Experience mm-hmm. is the word for this week. Mm-hmm. Break that down yes. for the listeners. So it's just experience whatever it is, mm-hmm. how you feel. Mm-hmm. Physically, mentally, emotionally, experience the hurt from the past. Mm-hmm. Experience the hurt of the now. I was gonna say of the that's now driven too. by mm-hmm. things of the past mm-hmm. that intensify. Mm-hmm. Um, just be in the here and now right. with whatever is going on within your life. And on the good days, experience the good days. Mm. On those hard days, experience the hard days. And try to do some work to figure out why this is so hard. Mm-hmm. Just ex- like life is meant to be lived. It really is. And if you are not experiencing it, then what else are you doing? Mm. And a lot of times we don't feel like, oh, I don't deserve this because such and such happened. Oh, I don't deserve this because... And I think that sometimes, too. Like, I'm like, dang, I've done X, Y, and Z. I don't deserve to have... I, mm-hmm. so even I That's don't deserve me my to be sitting head. here talking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, this was the this is within the cards that I was dealt. Mm-hmm. And I have to make a conscious choice to experience mm-hmm. what is on my path. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if I don't, what else am I going to do? Right. Right. And as we just said, we ain't sitting out here lying down just taking it. We're Even not. from my own self. I tell mm-hmm. myself in a minute, Janae, cut it out. Stop. Listen, you know how I talk to myself. I yell myself. So when I when I start tripping, it's like, yo. Chill out. What are you doing? Yeah, like we, mm-mm. We, we, doing don't, that? we don't have time for that anymore. No. You no. know? It, like, it's going to be all right. It will be. I, it, it will it's be. It's going to work out. <laughs> it, it Everything's will. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And we're going to be good. Mm-hmm. So experience. And knowing that you are worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are worthy of healing. That is our affirmation for this week. Mm-hmm. Why do we... I don't know. Why Why is it that we don't think we're worthy? I think it goes back to those negative messages mm-hmm. from the past. And those moments where we may have felt worthy or felt good and it wasn't validated. Mm. Or somebody knocked us I was going to say someone, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, 
it's so much easier to think negative of yourself than to be to think good of yourself for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, we're born and the world is all about us. Yeah. And like if you look at a child, mm-hmm. um, pure child that hasn't had trauma, there's so much joy. You can't so tell them much nothing joy. about themselves. So much joy. So how does that child become an adult who's self-conscious and doesn't feel worthy? Mm. There had to be some relational things that happened. Right. Possibly starting in the home, and if not in the home, as close to it, so in the social network somewhere, mm-hmm. shape or form, because... We're not born feeling inferior. Mm-hmm. We're not born feeling like we're not worthy. Like, we're born. It's all about me. I'm about to cry. You're going to change this diaper. You're about to you come on here and feed me, hold you me. You're going to be up all you night You're going to rock me to sleep. And you bet not have a problem with Hello. it. Hello. Because you doing this all night. All night. Because I can go all night. Which, what's up? <laughs> what's, like, oh, you tired? I'm not. I'm up now. <laughs> so, like, how do we go from yeah. that so not feeling worthy. And life is all about our needs yeah. and what we need. Mm-hmm. And and you better play with me and make me happy. Yeah. Because if not, I'm gonna it's going to wreak havoc. Yeah. I'm about to set it off. How do we go from that? And then you look at a child who just dances around and it's just playful. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fresh with just like the world is great mm-hmm. to somebody who doesn't feel worthy. Mm. There was damage done. Damage, yeah. That nobody took the time to correct. Mm-hmm. Nobody took the time to ask questions mm-hmm. about. Nobody to took acknowledge, the time to acknowledge rec- yeah. or explain. Mm-hmm. And that child was just left to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Or that young adult or mm-hmm. adult was left to deal with mm-hmm. that. Um, because not all adults are adults. That's true. Um, I tend to believe in that. You know, maturity does not equal age. Right. Because some of us are stuck at the age of our inner child mm-hmm. where we experience mm-hmm. our trauma. Typically. We've yep. never moved forward from that age of the That's trauma. science says. That the age that you were first traumatized is actually your um, mental age is what we call it in the clinical world. Wow. So some of us. Just imagine that. Around here, full-fledged families and, and you really five. Or you are really 12 or 16 mm-hmm. or 21 and mm-hmm. you could be 50 years and old. And you know what? It show up. The moment stress or distress happens or you don't get your way. Why? Because you throwing a whole tantrum. Come on with it. You done had this whole five-year-old tantrum. And you are 35. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we sitting here like, who is this? That's the inner child. It's the inner child peeking his head out. Up. And mm-hmm. I've, I've had this conversation with so many friends. And I always say, that's not you. That's that child in you. Mm-hmm. So as much as you like to say, I'm grown. <laughs> show me. It, where, where's the evidence? I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Get, get my bag. I'm leaving because. <laughs> Where is it? You said show me. Listen. Where is it? Oh, because you got to make on my car. Hmm. Because I have a mortgage. Oh, oh, oh. Go. Hmm. But you just had a whole tantrum because you you didn't like what I said. Go back and heal, sis. Mm-hmm. Bro, you Give can do that it. Give child what it, it needs. And needed. Mm-hmm. And needed. mm-hmm. So that you can move on. So that you can move forward. Because clearly, that child is in existing here. He's still here. It need a whole bedroom. It, it's taking over your home go, at this point. Go it's wrecking havoc all up in your house. Mm-hmm. And you just like, hmm, mm. this is what it is. Again, we normalize, normalize, right? Like, this is okay to act like this. Mm-hmm. But you have to see that you are worth more. Yes. And nobody can see that for you. You have to see that for you yourself. are worth more. Throwing this tantrum, 
being rude, disrespectful, even down to like um, people who still like out here just cheating all crazy. You are being childish. Have a hard adult conversation and say this ain't working. Exactly. Something's not happening here. Mm -hmm. And I've I've noticed that those of us who have experienced trauma, we are we don't communicate well. No, no. Communication. Don't want to have the tough conversations. Can't have hard conversations. Until it's way too late, and now the tough conversation is more of a just, this is what it, what it is. <laughs> it's not no conversation. It's not a conversation at that point. My cousin always says, <laughs> like, he is one of the most um, just, he just keeps it real mm-hmm. in all facets of life. He keeps it real. And he always says, if you don't come to Jesus, he'll come to you. And Hello. that's with our experiences. That's with everything that is literally, if you don't, and that's, that's not just for us who are Christians, but that's for anything in your life. Mm-hmm. If you don't go and handle it, I promise you, it's gonna come and smack you mm-hmm. in your face. Mm-hmm. It's that gonna come Jesus and moment. beat you in your. It's gonna beat your tail. Mm-hmm. So either you go and handle it, or it's gonna come and it's gonna be looking mm-hmm. for you. And then we be mad. Then you mad about it, but it existed for the ten years before, and you wouldn't address it. You wouldn't you, acknowledge mm-hmm. it. He always says that if you don't come to Jesus, he'll come to you. Mm-hmm. Just and then think, we think about. Oh, I can run. Who gave you the legs? Who is you really running? Where where are you going? Also, where are you going? <laughs> where are you running to? Where are you going? That you will not be found. That's just like some people trying to cover up stuff. The whole saying, what's done in the dark always comes to the Every light. Every single time. And a lot of times we as people spend all this time trying to figure out and shine light on the dark. You don't got to shine light on nothing. Mm-hmm. Because when it's time for it to come to light, mm-hmm. it's going to come to light and ain't going to be nothing. You can do about it. You can do about it. That's so true. So heal, mm-hmm. heal, Experience. do the work. You're worthy. Mm-hmm. You deserve it. Mm-hmm. And the people connect to you deserve it. Hello. Like, because I don't think we realize that our unhealed and our unresolved trauma and experiences affect those that we love and who love us. Mm-hmm. Like I was, um, it's like race related, but I was in a um, in a town hall and they were talking about people who are kind of like, oh, just give people who are newly woke at the time to figure out how to change and, da, 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 da. and um you know before it's kind of like okay they we're they, we gonna give them time mm-hmm. and a, one lady was like but what about the damage they're doing in that process come what on about the people they're up. hurting while we waiting on them to take their time mm-hmm. we don't have time we don't if this world doesn't tell us anything mm-hmm. with all of these mass shootings I that know. have just now started back up i know i know we don't have we don't have time. time. We don't. So with whatever time you do have, which is only this exact moment. I was gonna say right this now, moment. Start. Live. Mm-hmm. Heal. Mm-hmm. Start the process. Mm-hmm. Because and because a lot of unhealed people walking around with childhood issues unresolved. And it is harming and literally killing and damaging everything they touch mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what else to say. Besides, this is such important work, you guys. Like, I hope from these two episodes, um, from the experiences that Dr. L and I shared, and then from the more um, professional and clinical aspect that Janae has shared here with you guys today, that it just encourages you to start the process Mm -hmm. to healing. Mm Mm-hmm. To going back and healing that inner child mm-hmm. and to setting them free. Mm-hmm. Set that set that child free. Mm-hmm. 
They're mm-hmm. trapped in trauma. Mm-hmm. Set and them they're free. Hurting. They're hurting. They're broken. They're hurting. Do the work so that you can set your inner child free. Mm-hmm. And that freedom will allow you to live a much healthier life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A much healthier life. Any closing remarks? You always say no. I always and say no. I was just thinking, I ain't going to say no. Um, I would just say just breathe. Mm-hmm. Like, take a moment. Take a moment. Mm-hmm. Reflect. And just breathe. Yeah. And in that moment or those moments, you'll figure out what to do. Create the stillness. Create the quiet. Mm-hmm. Block out all the distractions. Mm-hmm. And breathe, even if it's 30 seconds, yep. a minute. Mm-hmm. Breathe. Breathe. Oh, yeah. That's good. I really hope that you were able to take something from this episode that will propel you into your healing. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening um, each and every episode. I will be on spring break hiatus for about two weeks, so we will be back dropping gems and sharing knowledge and our experiences. So you guys, in the meantime, please take care of yourselves and each other. I love you.